And we're talking with Michael Armstrong from the Financial Exchange, whom you hear every weekday at 10 to noon right here on WNTK. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, John. Well, we had some earnings reports last week that came out, and, um, well, it's been mixed, but not, not really good and not really bad, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on the company and the industry. You know, Apple, for instance, reported earnings that were rather rather positive. They had some concerns about future outlook and their ability to, you know, obtain iPhones uh, from China, which, as we know, are facing mass lockdowns. But other than that, I mean, you know, they reported fantastic earnings, whereas a few other companies, you know, uh, Amazon uh, is an important one here really uh, showing signs of a slowdown. And specifically, what they called out in their earnings was that they no longer see the need to continue to expand um, really at all at this stage, which is you know a complete turnaround from the story that we had heard all of the last two years, right? I mean, Amazon, the big story of 2020, that I remember, was that they were trying to hire half a million people in one calendar year. And we just looked at the the mind numbing, um, you know, just amount of work that would go into that sort of thing. It was it was just beyond anything we could really understand or comprehend. Uh, at this stage, Amazon basically saying, "Look, based on the demand that we are seeing, we are adequately staffed." And, and really, what I'm you know, what I'm bringing into that is, hey, they, they might even be overstaffed at this stage. Um, they've started they've started talking about. Um, selling access to their prime delivery service. So if you maybe have your own website where you sell goods, you might be able to uh, outsource the delivery to Amazon Prime and uh, you know, really talking about a slowdown there. And I think there's a couple ways to read into that in the case of Amazon. I mean, it could be you know indications of an economic slowdown where the consumer is weakening. It could just be that you know for the last two years, we've only bought stuff and now we're starting to go back and fly and go to restaurants and go, you know, experience different uh, different things rather than just buying items off the shelf. And I think, you know, that is certainly playing a role too. And, and so, you know, trying to parse that out and figure out which one is more significant is a bit of a challenge, not only for you know, all of us trying to analyze this thing, but Amazon themselves trying to navigate this new economic environment. The other one we saw, Netflix actually saw a drop in the number of, uh, in the number of subscribers and their, their stock got uh, pretty crushed on that news. And, uh, you know, they're going to go after new revenue segments, but just very much has been showing that this year, these pandemic stocks that really succeeded during that period of time. And I remember at that period of time, a lot of people thinking, Hey, this is just going to be the new normal and everybody's going to have a Netflix subscription forever. And we're going to buy a lot more stuff on Amazon. Well, no, you know, we seem to be returning to some of those pre-pandemic norms of shopping in shopping malls and, uh, you know, diversifying the way that we spend our entertainment time rather than just, you know, staring at the streaming platforms. Well, I guess no one ever uh, made a lot of money guessing on uh, guessing on where the trends go, so uh, where the new normal goes. So that's something Barely. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, we have this situation in China, which is not helping us uh, – economically at all, and certainly not helping China, they're in a severe lockdown. Yeah, continued severe lockdowns here is what I what I would call out, especially in the city of Shanghai, but there are you know, rumors that it might now spread to other cities as China continues to push its zero-tolerance policy when it comes to COVID. Uh, the city of Shanghai, which was initially announced to be going into a four-day lockdown period, has now entered, I think, week 
six of that lockdown. Um, and you know, as you can you know, for, forget about the economic side of this for a moment, just for the people that are living in this city who haven't been able to leave their apartment units for six weeks, it is it is quite something. But um, when you take a look at really any of the data that we can get out of China by, you know, really when you're trying to analyze what's going on in China, you really try and look at the neighboring countries to figure out what's actually happening because they actually report their data. And if you look at, you know, um, supply of cement or concrete, for example, or if you take a look at um, you know, traffic volume of uh, shipping containers and container ships um, coming out of those different ports, it is very, very clear that there is little to no activity coming out of Shanghai and if this spreads to other cities it could be it could be very damaging and I think you know all of our eyes right now for good reason are on the crisis in Ukraine they're on domestic inflation Jerome Powell's going to speak on Wednesday about you know the Federal Reserve and its policy but I'll tell you if there is one big risk that I'm you know continue to be worried about it's that if China continues these lockdowns in the way that they are doing so you know will we be able to get anything out of China. And, you know, I, I can't stress enough how our economy just won't work with the largest manufacturer in the world, whether it comes to, you know, life-saving drugs, medical devices, certainly, you know, anything that goes into your vehicle. Um, you know, if, if, if this actually continues, the supply chain issues that we saw over the last two years could be absolutely dwarfed by what is happening right now in China. Yeah. Now, this past quarter, the, the first quarter of this uh, season, this year has ended. And for the first time in many, many years, we've had the worst first quarter performance for the Standard & Poor's 500, haven't we? Well, for the worst four months, actually. You know, we, we just finished April 30th, and uh, you know, we closed out the first four months of this year with the NASDAQ off you know, 21%. It was the worst month of the NASDAQ since 2008 and the worst four months for the S&P 500 really ever. Um, and it feels, I think, particularly rough at this exact moment because you know, typically when you have this type of market performance where you know, I just mentioned the NASDAQ in correction territory off more than 20%, the S&P just persistently weak this year off more than 10%, um, you oftentimes have the offset of, for instance, your bond portfolio, especially for a retiree where you say, well, you know, my stocks are down, but my bonds are holding their value. Well, guess what? You know, most major U.S. bond indexes, I'm looking at the Bloomberg U.S. credit index, for example, right now, that one's off 12 and a quarter percent. And so your typically conservative, uh, you know, dry powder money this year has also gotten whacked double digits. And I think that's where people are really starting to feel this this year is, um, you know, nothing has gone through the type of March of 2020 crash that we saw where, you know, all of a sudden, the markets were down 30%, but it has been this persistent push downward in terms of um, the stock market. And uh, you know, it's it's been frustrating for, I'm sure, a lot of folks who are relying on this money as their primary source of retirement income. I'll say, yeah. Well, the, uh, the future, well, we've got still several unknowns. I mean, oil prices are up. The situation in Ukraine isn't helping any. And of course, uh, we still have this virus, which despite despite the fact that it's not really a big deal in America, it's still it's still rearing its ugly head in society everywhere. It's still it's still driving the narrative in a lots of part, a lot of parts of this world. You know, I, I've been fairly 
negative today because I want to be cautious. But you can also see where this could go the other direction, right? I mean, I, I don't think you know what China's dealing with right now is the Omicron variant or a version of the Omicron variant that we dealt with here in the United States. And you know, if anybody's listening, they recall, right? It went very, very fast. A lot of people got it, um, but it was not all that dramatic from a health impact standpoint. And because it ripped through the population so quickly, we were only talking about it for about eight weeks. I, I think the question is, given China's approach to all of this, um, you know, will this drag out a lot longer than it did here in the United States, or will it you know, work its way through just as quickly? And if, if it did, you know, all of my concerns could be wiped off the table within a matter of weeks, and then we're back to a more normalized environment. If it goes the other direction, that's where I have concerns. Yeah. Well, we'll have to monitor the situation closely, and we'll be monitoring the financial report. Thanks, John.